0: Do I need to move to another mic? Okay. Awesome. Thank you. Well, a couple of things before we uh, begin tonight in our uh, lesson. Um, I was doing really good until you got choked up, Daniel. And I was... uh, man, It's been a wonderful three years. You don't know what a blessing this congregation has been to me and my family. And we are eternally grateful to God and to you. Um, for your kindness and your graciousness, and it's been wonderful um, serving. And um, it's been hard um, to to leave the youth. Um, it's it's difficult. I don't. It's not a light thing. When Pastor asked me to do it, um, I said yes, and I was doing well. And then it came time to start transitioning, and I thought, oh, yeah, that's tough. And so it was just a sign that um, you know what? when you care about something, you, you're invested and so praise the lord and i'm i'm glad i'm glad we're passing this off into your hands for now and uh, may god's will be done the other thing i would like to mention it's it's much less spiritual but um it's also phil mendenhall's birthday you might know not know this but we are twins Uh, most people are separated by two minutes we're separated by two decades so um our mom was a tough woman Turn into your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 3, Proverbs chapter 3, Proverbs chapter 3. We started preaching Proverbs to our students last year, and uh, this particular passage just really spoke to me as I was studying it and reading through it, Proverbs chapter 3. I would like for you to imagine with me as you're turning there, I want you to imagine a parent sitting down with their child, having a heart-to-heart talk, possibly across the table, and imagine the parent saying something like this. Hey, "Davy, we've been telling you for the past several years that your grades are important at school. And David responds, or Davey responds in the typical kid fashion, oh, yes, every day you remind me, what's the big deal? My future job? My future boss, they won't care about my grades. What do they matter? What does it matter what I make? And trying to keep keep their cool, the parents continue on. And they say, well, you're about to enter into high school, and now we want to tell you why grades are so important. And then the parents go off and list the several well-thought-out reasons of why grades matter and for the sake of the story. The teenage son goes, okay, dad. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. In essence, in essence, a very similar conversation is taking place in Proverbs chapter 3, minus the snarky child. Proverbs chapters 1 through 9 is Solomon building a case, calling his son, to choose a life of wisdom. He's giving him instruction. He's giving him a call. He's telling him that wisdom is important in the the life of a child of God, in the life of the child of a king, um, to a prince who will one day become a king. Wisdom is important. And chapters 1 through 9 is all about the importance of wisdom in the life of a young prince, and a person who's fearing the Lord and wants to please God. But in this particular passage, in chapter 3, verses 13 through 35, Solomon, as the father, is sitting down talking to the son, and he says, okay, I'm telling you that wisdom is important. Here is why. And so in verses 21 through 35, Solomon tells his son that wisdom is important because of the divine promises associated with it. In verses 19 through 21, Solomon tells his son that wisdom is important because of its divine depth in creation. And in our passage tonight, we are going to see and hear Solomon tell his son that wisdom matters and wisdom is important because of its supernatural value. Wisdom matters because it is a major part of God's divine economy. The world seeks after earthly and temporal riches and glory and wealth. But wisdom is a part of God's divine economy. And tonight we are going to see what makes wisdom so valuable. What makes wisdom so valuable? The first, th- so now let us turn to God's word and let us read verses thirteen through eighteen. We hear the father say, "Blessed
1: is better than
0: gain from silver, and her profit is better than gold." Thanks be to God, and may he write these eternal truths on the tables of our hearts. The first thing we see in this instruction and explanation from the Father is that wisdom is valuable because wisdom brings supernatural blessing. This passage of Scripture begins and ends with what word? Blessed, blessed, blessed is the one who finds wisdom. Wisdom or blessed, being blessed or blessedness is an important part of this passage. We call this an inclusio. It begins and ends and everything in between has to do with this blessing. It's a very important part. Wisdom brings blessing and not just any type of blessing. When you read the Proverbs, we're not just talking about any type of wisdom. We're not talking about any type of blessing. We're talking about blessings that come from God Almighty. We're talking about wisdom that is from God Almighty. We're talking about blessings that come from our Heavenly Father. So they're not just any spiritual or just any blessing or physical or temporal blessing. We're talking about supernatural blessing. And the one who has wisdom, the one who finds wisdom, is blessed. So what does it mean to be blessed? Some translate this Hebrew word, blessed, as happy. Bruce Waltke contends with this translation, not because happy is a wrong translation, but he calls it inadequate, and I don't know what your translations have. But some people will tell you that blessed just means happy. Well, it's kind of like saying and describing Niagara Falls as big. I mean, it's true, it's big, but it's totally insufficient. Has anyone ever been to Niagara Falls? I went as a kid, and and I was expecting a big waterfall. What I was not expecting was the continuous rumbling and thundering, the pounding of the water crashing down. I didn't expect the huge volumes of water just continually, second after second, minute after minute, hour after hour, day after day, just pummeling over. The word blessed means so much more than happy. The interpreter's Bible dictionary defines it this way. It defines it as a heavenly bliss that's based on one's right relationship with God and the confidence that they have in God's fulfillment of his promises that he gives. Blessedness is heavenly bliss You could also say heavenly contentment or joy and this contentment this bliss this joy is based on your right relationship with god and the confidence that god is going to fulfill the promises that he makes concerning future blessings you see if blessing if blessed just meant happy i don't think you would be very happy when you're underneath the discipline of the lord but we're told blessed is the one whom the Lord chastens. There's a certain heavenly bliss. There's a certain heavenly contentment as you're going through God's discipline. Where you don't like it now, you might not be smiling and laughing about it, but you know that God has your best interests in mind. And you know that in the future, you're going to come out more pure going through the trials and and the fires of that discipline. So, a person who is blessed is a person who has a spiritual bliss, contentment and joy based on their right relationship with God and their confidence in His fulfillment of the promises that He makes. We live in a world that's full of anxiety, that's full of fear. We don't know what's going to happen over in the Middle East. We don't know what's going to happen in 2024 with an election. We don't know what's... There's a lot of things up in the air. But a person who has wisdom is blessed. They have heavenly bliss because they know that they're right with God. And they know that God is faithful to to bring about the promises that he's made. So wisdom is valuable because of the supernatural blessing that it brings. And anyone who tries to tell you that this blessing is just mere physical stuff. They've come straight from the pit, and it smells of smoke. So wisdom brings supernatural blessing. But then wisdom not only brings supernatural blessing, wisdom is valuable because it brings supernatural riches. Look at verses 14 and 15 real quick. For the gain from her, from the gain from wisdom, is better than the gain from silver, and her profit better than gold. She is more precious Than jewels. You see, wisdom exceeds the value of silver, gold, and jewels. One of the cool things about Hebrew poetry is it contains what we call progressions. Do you see the progression in the value of stuff that he mentions? Starts off with silver. So he's talking to his son, and he goes, Listen, wisdom is more precious than silver. The son could obviously say, Well, I'm not a silver guy, I'm, I'm more into gold. That's a little more valuable. Well, then the father anticipates that and he says, It's better than gold. And then he goes on and says, well, then you can anticipate the sun saying, well, I, 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 gold's all right, but diamonds, jewels, that's where it's at. That's the, that's the stuff. Um, I think we call it the drip in, in today's language. Yeah, see? Yeah, I think I'm cool. Um, but he's, you can anticipate that. And he says, no, 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 no. Wisdom is better than diamonds. Wisdom is better it's more valuable. Wisdom exceeds the value of silver, gold, and jewels. But what if you're not into money or jewels? What if you're like Paul McCartney in his 1964 hit song? Does anyone want to take a guess at what, what song I'm thinking of? Can't Buy Me Love. Here's the, does anyone remember this? I don't care to watch my money. Money can't buy me love. Paul McCartney would look at those things and say, listen, man, dude, I'm not into love or I'm not into gold or money. I'm into love. Well, what does the father have to say about that? Does wisdom exceed the value of of non-monetary things? Listen what he says. Look at what he says right there at the end of chapter or verse 15. She's more precious than jewels and nothing you desire can compare with her. You might not be into money and jewels, but whatever desire that you have, whether it be romance, knowledge, position, power, prestige, whatever non-monetary thing you can desire, the Father is saying, wisdom is better. Wisdom is better, and it's going to bring you supernatural riches. Wis- wisdom is better than anything that you can think of. Wisdom's a pretty good deal, isn't it? It's something that we should all want to pursue. So we have seen now that wisdom is valuable because it brings supernatural blessing. We see that it brings supernatural riches and satisfaction. Now we're going to see that godly wisdom brings supernatural life. And here is where we find the substance of, to wisdom's value. This is the substance of that that thing that that, that wisdom gives you, and it's life. The New Testament would call it, I believe, eternal life. A life that's abundant. A life that's full of divine blessedness. Godly wisdom gives supernatural life. Look at me in verse, with me in verse 16. Long life is in her right hand, and in her left hand are riches and honor. You see, the, the father says, in her right hand. Now remember, the right hand in Hebrew thought and culture and understanding is the predominant hand. It's the primary hand. And he says, in her right hand, in, her primary, in the primary hand is life. Long life. And in her left hand, the secondary hand, there's riches and honor. Wisdom will bring you these things, long life and honor and riches. But wisdom also will bring you a life of pleasantness and peace. Look at verse 17. Her ways are ways of pleasantness. Do you, like a pleasant, do you like pleasantness? I like pleasantness. I like things that are pleasant, things that you can enjoy, things that are good. Well, I think we all would like that, right? Wisdom brings that. But she also brings peace, and her, all her paths are peace. The life that wisdom brings is a life of pleasantness and a life of peace. Now let's look at verse 18. She, wisdom, I'll just pause there. This is going to be a little side note. Do, do you know why this, the, 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 the father here is talking about wisdom as a she and uses lady wisdom as, when, she, when he personifies wisdom? Why is he doing that? Throughout this introduction section or this instruction section, the father is holding up two different types of women. There is the adulterous woman who leads to death, and shield and destruction. She looks great on the, on the front end, but on the back side of the deal, it's, it's bad. And what he's doing is he's propping up wisdom as the attractive, beautiful woman who brings life. So he's trying to build this beautiful woman to make it attractive for his son to see the value and the importance of her. And here's what, she, here's what he says. She is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her and to those who hold fast to her, they are called blessed. Wisdom is a tree of life. Wisdom is the source of life-giving sustenance for those who fear the Lord. Do you want life? Do you want vitality? You better want wisdom. Because wisdom is that tree by which you will go and you will get it. Listen, and where I went, where I worked at Baptist Bible College, I don't know why, but in front of the, the the machine shed, there was a plum tree, and that plum tree, no one touched, no one looked at because it was on the back corner of, of, of the of the campus. But every summer, if you stayed and you worked, it would produce these beautiful plums, and when they sat. In the sun and they heated up and the and the sun crystallized the sugars inside, and you would take it and you would bite into it. I'll tell you what, as you can tell, I really enjoyed it. The juice would just run down the corner of your mouth, and it'd give you sustenance, it'd give you, it'd put a little pep in your step, it 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 it'd make your day a lot better. Wisdom is a tree of life. And when you eat from wisdom, your life will be sustained. You will have what you need to get you through life. It's interesting that this is one of four mentionings of a tree of life in the Proverbs. There are other aspects of wisdom that we're told are a tree of life that give you life-giving sustenance. But it's even more interesting is this. The Bible begins with the tree of life. A tree that brings sustenance and life. And when we sinned, in Adam and Eve, God put a cherubim right there to guard the tree of life. You know what happens in Revelation chapter 22? 66 books later? In heaven, there's a tree of life. And in that tree of life is the healing of nations. Nations. And her fruit never withers. And it changes month by month. I don't know how it happens, but I'm excited and I'm pretty pumped to see how that works out. Genesis, there's a tree of life that's withheld from us because of sin. In heaven, there's a tree of life that's going to bring life. But right now in the middle, God provides a little bit of taste. A little bit of foretaste of what the tree of life is going to be like. And it comes through none other than wisdom. Solomon seems to be alluding that wisdom is the way for mankind to live the life that God wants us to live now as we anticipate the future. So, wisdom. If you've listened to the Father's instruction here, it's pretty valuable. There's some good reasons why. It's valuable because, one, it brings supernatural blessing. It brings supernatural wealth and riches, and it also brings supernatural life. Now, how does one acquire such wisdom? If you've been listening carefully, the Father tells you. We talked about progression in Hebrew poetry. Look at verse number 13. Blessed is the one who finds wisdom. If you're going to get wisdom, it takes a little bit of Effort, You've got to go looking for it. You've got to go and find it. You can't be lazy in the pursuit of wisdom. It takes oomph it takes and stick to Wisdom. You've got to find it. But then in verse 14, it talks about gaining wisdom. The gain of her or the gain from her. You just don't go and find it. You go and you get it. Can you imagine Indiana Jones finding the the thing that he's looking for and going, yep, it's there, and then check out and leave? What does he do? He takes it. He acquires it. Wisdom isn't something just to find and look at and go, ooh, that's nice. Wisdom is meant for us to take. The fruit is meant for us to take and eat and and ingest. You've got to find wisdom and you've got to gather her, but did you hear what... You must do with wisdom at the very end? Kind of sounds like what we've been talking about the last two weeks and Sunday. She is a tree of life in verse 18, and those who lay hold of her, or, to those who lay hold of her, those who hold her fast are called blessed. Wisdom isn't something that you just go, you look at, you get, and, and, you, and you kind of chuck it off later on. It's something that you hold on to, it's something that you, that you grip for the rest of your life. Listen, this is the difference between butterflies and birds, right? Ber- or butterflies will come to a tree, they'll see the flower, they and they drink the nectar, and then they high tile it out of there. They leave it. Birds, on the other hand, they come, they find a tree, they partake of all the blessings and the protection of the tree, and then they build their nest, and they stay there, if they don't migrate. And if they do, they come back the next year. We, we must... Put our lives and build our nests in the tree of wisdom. We can't let her go. Now, okay. Wisdom. That's how we get it. But up to this point, I just want to say this. This is a what I would consider a substandard Christian sermon. Hear me out. I'm about to do something. 20 years ago, I did something very similar in Fairgrove at a Baptist church. I thought I did a pretty good job. No one else in the audience thought so. So, <laughs> so you'll either be blessed, or you'll see me crash and burn up here on the pulpit, and, and um, hopefully it's the first one. But here's, here's what I mean by a sub-Christian message. We don't live on the Proverbs side of the cross. We live on the other side of the cross. Do you know who the Bible calls the fulfillment of wisdom? The perfect personification of the wisdom that Proverbs is talking about here in Proverbs chapter 3? It's not a trick question. It really is the Sunday school answer. Jesus. Jesus is the fulfillment of the life-giving, life-blessing, supernatural wealth that the, the father, that Solomon is talking about here in chapter three. Turn with me. You don't believe me, I, I understand. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter one. 1 Corinthians chapter one. 1 Corinthians chapter one. Paul is talking about Christ And wisdom and power. He says in verse 22 of chapter 1, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 22, the Jews demand signs, they're looking for power. The Greeks seek wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, Jesus died on the cross for our sins, and that's what we preach. And this is a stumbling block to the Jews, and it's folly to the Gentiles, but those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and he is the wisdom of God. And in every way that wisdom is seen as valuable in Proverbs 3, Jesus is even infinitely more valuable. Jesus will bring you blessing to your life. Jesus brings supernatural blessing to you. In Romans chapter 4, Paul uses Psalms and he says, Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one who God doesn't hold his account of sin against him. Blessed is that person who's forgiven. And then you follow the logic and you follow down. and, And later on in the chapter, who is it that brings the forgiveness of blessed, the blessing of forgiveness? Who is it that brings the blessing of our sins being covered? It's Jesus. Jesus brings us the blessedness that, 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 that the Father is telling the Son about. But Jesus brings eternal riches. J- Jesus doesn't come here just to give us temporary money to fill our bank accounts and let's drive nice cars. There's nothing wrong with that. But the, ble- the, the riches that Jesus gives exceed all of that. Jesus brings up uh, this up in Mark chapter 8. What good is it if you are to gain the whole world, yet lose your own soul? Jesus' point is this. You can get everything monetarily you want. You can get all of the things that you desire. But what you need most and what's most valuable is the salvation of your soul. And I'm here to bring that to you. Wisdom brings life jesus says that the thief comes to steal kill destroy but he came that we may have life and not just life guys he told us that he wants to give it to us abundantly rolling over we are told he tells he tells um, in john he tells mary and martha i am the resurrection and the life whoever believes in me Though he dies, yet will he live. He says, I came that you can have life. Jesus brings us not just life in the future, but a blessed life, a sustaining life right now. And I'm here to tell you that Jesus, he is everything we need. Jesus is important And Jesus matters because he is eternally valuable. We used to sing a song. It was a praise chorus. And it went something like this. I'm not going to sing it because it's a weird key. But it used to go like this. Lord, you are more precious than silver. Lord, you are more costly than gold. Lord, you are. More beautiful than diamonds, and nothing I desire compares to with you. Can you say that tonight when you think about your Savior? Can you say that? The Father was offering his son wisdom, and I am offering you tonight Christ. There are people all around us who are lost who don't have life who are not blessed may we be like the father in some respects and go out to the world and extend the invitation of Jesus Christ to bring people eternal life that they need let's pray our father in heaven we thank you for today i thank you for this church and this congregation lord may we find and value christ and may the heart may our heart beat with the melody of Lord, you are more than silver, gold, diamonds, whatever we desire. I pray that you would exalt Christ in our midst and in our hearts tonight. May we live for him. And Lord, may we, like this father offering wisdom to his son, may we offer Christ as the only hope for life to the world around us, to our children, to our families, to our communities. It's in his name we pray and ask these things. Amen.
1: Well, uh, I want to say to you that that was really good Christ-centered exposition. When he took the Old Testament text, <clears throat> I had already scribbled in Colossians 2, 3, in him, Jesus, are hidden all the treasures of wisdom. So I was, I was waiting on him to make that turn and a lot like to come out of my seat. That's what you do. You got to make it Christ centered because all the Bible is that way. So I want to say, Jeffrey's going to be leading up basically our family discipleship at our church. So get to know him. And uh, he's a faithful teacher of the word. And I think it's going to be a marvelous addition to our church in many different ways. Um, More classes on Wednesday night. Uh, He'll be teaching a lot of other classes. And sometimes we'll do a theology course. And all kinds of things are opened up. Um, by that so the move for Jeffrey to me is going to enhance the life of our church body something we've been missing so I look forward to that appreciate the word brother God bless you it's been good to be in the house of the Lord amen Amen. are y'all all all coming back next Sunday night where we're going to have church I've been asked about that but I'll be faithful to uh, try my best to preach a sermon that won't last two hours And let you get home if you're here next Sunday night. But we understand if you're not. If you got a Super Bowl party, just make sure you talk about Jesus a little bit. I mean, come on. Make sure you talk about JC and not KC, all right? All right. All right. Let's pray. Father, you're good to us, Lord. Thank you for faithful exposition of your scriptures. And, Lord, your word just opens up to us when we study and we consider... How awesome you are, every jot and tittle of your word, Lord, all scripture is given by inspiration, profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction in righteousness. And Lord, we thank you for Proverbs, for uh, applying your wisdom and word to us. And thank you, Lord Jesus, you are the personification of wisdom. And in, in you are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And we thank you, Lord, that we know you and uh, that we can walk in your ways. And we thank you for the day you've given us and the glorious time we've had with your people today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.